0: The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM.
1: It all happens here. Today
0: FM. So the government has announced the budget is now going to be on the 27th of September. Today we got the summer economic statement uh, giving us an indication of how much money is prepared to spend. But Daniel McConnell, political editor of the Irish Examiner. There's loads of cash there, isn't there? Because in the last half hour or so, three quarters of an hour ago, the exchequer returns for the first six months of the year came out, and the government has way more tax revenue coming in than money it's spending. Give us some of the details of all the cash that's flooding in.
2: Yeah, so the government basically, on foot of better corporation tax revenues, on foot of better uh, excise revenues, etc., that has uh, a substantial amount more money uh, to play with this year than they thought they were going to have. And what it means, Matt, is that they're now on target to not only break even in terms of a balanced budget this year, something that would have been they weren't expecting until the end of the lifetime of this government. They now are now even in a position to project that they could even run a budget surplus by the end of the year. And that in itself would allow the government to uh, start looking at a lot of these one off initiatives uh like the sort of two hundred euro energy credit, like the sort of Christmas bonus or the autumn bonus uh for, for welfare recipients, uh things that can actually be done this year rather than having to wait <clears throat> until the first of January next year as most budget measures kick don't kick in until the new year. So they're 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 a good two two and a half billion ahead of where they thought they were going to be Matt. Um and that has allowed them to expand what is known as the fiscal space, which means that the overall budget they package uh, will be uh, about 6.7 billion euro. That's up from about 4.4 4.5, which they were projecting in in uh, April in their update to Europe. So um, what we're basically going to see in September now on September 27th is about five and a half billion on new spending measures and about one billion of new tax measures. So, like, um, quite a good bit of that is already pre-committed to dealing with demographic pressures. Like, you know, we need more doctors, we need more nurses, more schools because we've uh, a growing and aging population. Um, but also, we have a new public sector pay deal which needs to be paid for as well. But the warnings that I was been getting last that I was getting last night from government sources and, and senior cabinet ministers was inflation running at a, in excess of 8% or 9% is causing havoc with government budgets this year. So a huge chunk of that is literally going to be used literally just to stand still and, and keep the show on the road. So there's pressures on, and that's why I think what we're seeing from Michael McGrand, Pascal Dunahue today is an attempt to try and dampen down expectations because I would rather think some of their, their cabinet colleagues were running away with themselves and, and briefing rather silly things over the weekend to people like myself and my colleagues. What sort of silly things? Well I mean they were kind of getting very detailed and very specific detail of what's likely to be in the budget all of which but when you start talking to people in in Merrion Street and and kind of officials and and other people around uh the the more finance side of things, there were cold water was being poured uh, on most of them like you know like like the kind of um you know more money for reducing college fees more money to be uh uh um to to kind of tackle waiting lists for more GP care and the rest of it, and you know, childcare costs are going to have are, are are going to come down because they're going to invest in that significantly, and on and on the wish list over the week, as you've seen, probably seen from the weekend papers, they were full of speculation and kind of likely flyers. And what we got actually over the weekend was some contradictory uh, information because you know, well, you at one level you had Simon Coveney out. Um, Saying that the 200 euro energy credit is a good idea, we had one of the Sunday papers, I think it was the Business Post, actually talking it down. So you've had definitely had people within government talking across purposes, and certainly mice the sense I was getting very strongly last night from the finance side of that they were the two ministers are, are less than impressed with their cabinet colleagues and others who were briefing on behalf of the government.
0: Okay, there's lots of interesting comments coming in from listeners. Um, about how about the government pays off this generation's national debt and not passes it on to the next generation? Why are people on the dole getting more handouts? They can give up their Netflix and Sky subscriptions if they're stretched. Big assumption in relation to that. Uh, Then we have another one says, upping welfare, how about giving the taxpayer a break for once? Another one says, will there be a bonus for those of us who work? Uh, another one. Married couple, both working full time. I'm post primary teacher. We're struggling to save anything due to the high cost of living. Hate to say it, but it's not just those in social welfare who need help. We all need it. USC must go. You see, this is an interesting thing that's coming in with loads of messages to the programme over the last couple of weeks, Danny, that there are there's a significant cohort of voters out there who are working and who are feeling very stretched, who might have enormous costs in getting to work, for example, with motoring. And all they're hearing is that they feel that it's people who are in social welfare and the rest of it who are going to get the bulk of whatever money is available. And they're giving out about things like the USC remaining in place and not being reduced. But from what you are saying there, it would seem that whatever money is available, it's not going to be far off five to one in favour of spending over tax reductions.
2: Yeah, it's very clear that, 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 that it is going to be that. It's gonna be it's, it's well over five to one, uh Matt, based on the figures that have been released today. Uh, and I, I think what you have seen though in the last week or so is is the Phoenix side of government talk not only about lower income but middle and lower incomes. And what they're talking about is, is addressing that that very cohort of people who generally are just above all the thresholds and they, which mean they pay the higher rate for everything and generally get very little, if nothing, from the state. So there is a kind of a, a desire to give those people something. And that's why I think, you know, people were given out previously that the energy credit, the last one was given out to everybody, rich and poor. And the sort of the, the fight back or the pushback from Fine Gael and the Leo Racker, And that was, well, listen, you know, if you start only excluding the very, very top, it'll slow everything down. And there's an awful lot of people who are above the thresholds who end up paying for everything who need that, that, that uh, credit as much as anybody else. So, that's likely to be repeated. They are going. To, there is going to be a number of universal measures, and there will be other targeted measures at lower income earners as well. But I do kind of get the sense that there is that cohort, that squeeze middle, or the people who get up early in the morning, or whatever you want to call them as as they've been termed variously. There is an attempt to try and address their concerns. But the danger from Michael McGrath and Pascal Dunne, is if they try and address too many concerns, they'll end up spreading the money too thin, as they've done in previous budgets, and no one really notices any difference. I think what they what they need need to do this time around because there are very key categories of people who are very, very stretched. They need to really target large sums of money in those areas and maybe have to kind of forego other priorities if they're going to make any significant difference. And that's the balance and that's the dilemma that they have to face in the next couple of months.
0: Listener here says, married couple, both working in the public sector, one in the HSE, one in Garda-Shakana. New house, unable to finish it inside or out. No savings, can't even think of starting a family, no surplus cash, huge fuel expenses, travelling to our respective jobs. We'd both be better off on the dole. Colette Bennett, economics and social analyst with Social Justice Ireland. How much of a growing problem is this that as well as focusing on those on low incomes and no work or maybe who have pensions, that there's a significant core to people at work who feel financially they're not getting sufficient reward for going to work each day.
1: Okay. Well, as you mentioned earlier on, there is a strong surplus. It's 4.2 billion euro as of June. Um, and where that's coming from, 1.6 of that is coming from corporation tax receipts, but the rest of it is coming from VAT and income tax. So that is spread across absolutely everybody. You can't buy anything in a shop without paying VAT. So, What we really need to see is they are what's called windfall gains. They're things that we're not going to be seeing, you know, year on year, every single year. These are things that because we have uh, an inflation crisis, because we have inflation at nearly 10%, people have felt the pain from this and they really should get some of the return. And by that, what I mean is rather than having tax cuts... What we need is to see investment. We need to see this money actually invested in infrastructure. We need to see it in things like primary health care centres with enhanced community care. We need to see it in hospitals. We need to see it with properly subsidised childcare. We need to see it with, obviously, affordable and social housing. We need to see it on the education side, public transport, roads, and broadband, because what that will actually do for everybody is not alone will it increase the standard of living, but for those who are middle income earners or higher income earners even, um, if they can have cheaper childcare and cheaper public transport and cheaper accommodation, they will see hundreds in their pocket every month in addition, rather than tinkering around the edges with tax cuts that will give them five, six euro a week.
0: Okay, Neil McDonald, Chief Executive of ISME, What do you say to that analysis?
1: Um, there is there
3: is a lot to be said for for the those elements which are now been represented broadly as the social wage. But one of the difficulties with that about suggesting, you know, that, you know, tax cuts will give very little, therefore we shouldn't bother with them. Uh, And and this actually, this argument does unfortunately intersect with the social wage and with with issues around housing, for example, is the average industrial wage in Ireland now is about €47,000. But you go on to the marginal rate of tax, the 40% rate at 36,800 euro for for a single person and you lose your entitlement to access to social housing in the cities at 35,000, you know, um, 1,600 lower than the uh, standard rate cut-off point. And, and that's even lower in country areas. In rural areas, that income limit is 25,000 euros. So uh, the intersection between our social welfare system and our tax system actually encourages dependency among a lot of people. They're actually fiscally better off. Not entering the workforce unless they're into very very well paid jobs in excess of fifty or sixty thousand euro, and so the, you know there there are very good economic reasons behind why the government is suggesting we need to index uh, tax bands, for example.
0: Okay, so what do you, else do you think? Uh, I'll start with you Neil, then come back to Claire. What would you like to see the government do in the budget with the extra money you have on?
3: Well, I mean, the, the, the round of conversation we've had here almost takes you back to the early noughties when, you know, when we have it, we'll spend it. Um, we don't think that that is a good idea. We do not think that the government can buy everyone out of the costs, uh, out of inflationary costs. You, you know, you can't spend your way out of an inflationary spiral. That's, unfortunately, that's oxymoronic. But we do do acknowledge, though, that a lot of people um, are really struggling with the cost of living and therefore we must focus, where we do support on the social side, we must focus on the low paid, uh, on on the unwaged and on those in most need. But we're also advocating some clever thinking by government. So we, for example, are saying the government could collect, we estimate, an extra half a billion a year by decreasing capital gains tax to a more sensible 25%. So, so there's extra money that the extra income the government is foregoing simply by having the fourth highest capital gains tax rate in Europe.
0: A listener here, Caroline, says, I absolutely agree with that lady. I don't want more tax cuts. I want the tax to be invested correctly in health and education, social housing, etc. But Colette Bennett from Social Justice Ireland, what confidence can we have that when the government does commit extra money to all of those areas, that it will actually be well spent?
1: Well, when we invest in things, when we actually put the investment in, it pays dividends. What we've seen is by years of, decades of underinvestment, we're facing a bill of of conservative estimate of four and a half billion a year, just dealing with the the outcome of poverty. What we need is to invest to alleviate all of that. And that actually supports everybody. I mean, I agree that we need to do things for low paid and unwaged, and Social Justice Ireland have proposed an increase in core social welfare rates of 20 euro a week. Um, but and also that we would have refundable tax credits for those who are on the lowest income because they're not getting enough pay to actually... Uh, use up all of their tax credit so even if they had that proportion of it paid back to them that would help the working poor but really what we need is greater investment in the things that everybody desperately needs to have some semblance of a quality of life Um, and that starts with the government acknowledging that that's what we need to do and addressing it so for example I didn't mention social housing I mentioned social and affordable housing Um, and so that would That goes beyond um, what we're talking about when we talk about middle-income earners. We're talking about making housing actually affordable rather than doing things like the government are currently doing with an equity loan scheme that doesn't do anything for the actual price of the home but actually increases the borrowing of the people buying it. And it continues to have those inflated prices.
0: Uh, there's a listener Neil says that while the average wage may be forty nine thousand, the median wage is much lower at thirty eight and a half thousand.
3: Uh, that's true, Matt. Um, we do now the figures we get on the median wages are unfortunately um, they're a lot. You, you know, they're more than a year behind. They're not published by the CSO with the same regularity. Uh, that is true, but that's a feature, unfortunately, in Ireland of us having a. Um, a very substantial multinational sector and state sector that are very, very well paid. Um, but but the reality of it is that the, the other 70% uh, of, of people are employed in the SME sector and wages, unfortunately, in those sectors are lower than they are in the multinationals and in the public service.
0: A listener here says, husband and wife, both in 26,000 a year, have had to seek second jobs to keep our heads above water, not entitled to social housing or any other state funding, and also in part-time education, would we'll be better off on the dole. Another one here says, a lot of unemployed like myself feel worthless. So giving them a qualification would be a huge thing for their confidence and motivation to start a career. Hospitality is crying out for such a structure, says that particular listener. We um, quite so, Somebody else saying, why are you reading out comments from people giving out about those who are unemployed? Well, there's loads of them coming in. It may or may not be fair, but there are absolutely loads of them coming in from people on what are regarded as middle incomes, uh, who are struggling financially. And Daniel McConnell, I'll just finish with you, if you're still there, political editor of the Irish Examiner. It keeps coming up. People continue to complain about the universal social charge, which was introduced as a temporary emergency measure by Brian Lennon back in the days of crisis in the late 2000s. It won't go because it takes in about £5 billion per annum, but... Is there any possibility that it might that more people might be taken out of the USC net, even though it's supposed to be universal, or that the rates might be reduced so that the government could say, "Look, we're trying to do something in relation to that."
2: I definitely think there's, there'll be an element of, of trying to exclude maybe more people from it and, and expand the band, so basically people will not hit either the higher marginal rate or will pay less in in usc I, I definitely think that that that's an option there's absolutely no way the usc is going to go anywhere as you said because they like the, the 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 officials in the department of finance love it it's an easy applicable tax unlike income tax which has loads of updates and caveats and all the rest. is usc is really uh, it hoovers up an awful lot of people and hoovers up an awful lot of revenue uh, the context i suppose as well matt is that you know given the fact that the 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 tax revenues are essentially running at almost nine billion ahead of where they were this time last year. It's a swing of nine billion because they ran a deficit of five point three billion last year. they are posting a surplus now at a half-year mark of four point two billion that's a, a substantial swing. That would give them an awful lot of, a lot of options to, 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 to move on such issues like the USC uh, and also to instigate these once-off targeted measures for lower and uh, lower middle-income earners this year. And they, the, what we were being talked about last night were issues like, you know, like the fuel allowance could be extended uh, or the, the rebate's going to be extended beyond budget day, like the, um, the this autumn... Uh, Th- this autumn, kind of Christmas bonus type payment, and also as well the energy credit. These are the once-off measures that that that, that they're now looking at. But in terms of tax, Fianna Gael in particular are driving the message that you know they have to do something on tax. They have to reduce the burden of tax. It's in the program for government. So Fianna Fall and the Greens are reluctantly going to go along with it. But if if the tax revenues this year continue to go in the manner in which they're doing, Michael McGrath, pascal Dunne, We'll have substantially more wiggle room come Budget Day to do these sort of once-off targeted measures, so there could still be a few surprises uh, up, the, uh, up the sleeve, and they certainly may be even in a position to find another couple of billion down the, down the back of the couch between now uh, and Budget Day.
0: Thank you very much, John McCollum, political editor of the Irish Examiner. Clare Bennett from Social Justice Ireland, and Neil MacDonald, chief executive of Vismi. More of your comments coming in. I'm a single parent of a 21-year-old attending college Get susie. I work 32 hours a week, take home pay 406 euro after tax. Rent with HAP support is still 200 euro per week. It's become impossible to make ends meet. Diesel, heating oil, fuel bills, etc. Uh, Another one, we're a married couple in our 40s. I leave the house every morning at 5am back home at maybe 7pm as a construction worker. My wife is a stay-of-home mum of our two boys and she's a carer for a special needs brother. We live in affordable housing where we're not happy. We'd love to buy a home of our own, but it will never happen now because of this inflation. The Last Word with Matt Cooper.
1: Today FM. It all happens here.